It's time to share your story. Welcome to Revealing Conversations with Patron Nicole. Heart-led discussions that reveal, release, and unveil. You will leave this hour lighter, brighter, and inspired. And now, here's Patron Nicole. Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to Revealing Conversations with Petra. It's another rainy day in Lake Oswego, but you know we're not complaining because at least uh, the drought in California is finished, and I uh, love walking in the rain. So I think there's a snowstorm on the East Coast. So for those of you that are on the East Coast right now listening, uh, get your shovels out, play in the snow, build a snowman, or do something fun. It's been an amazing, an amazing week. I had uh, five people call me this week about near-death experiences that they had, and they listened to my TV show, so that was really encouraging. And I, I went to a wine tasting. Yes, I, I do love wine. And I went to a wine tasting, and my partner, Jerry, put me on the spot and had me talk about my book, Petra's Ashes, and about sharing the experience with uh, my NDE or near-death experience. So that was a a real uh, fun thing to do, to actually stand in front of people eating great food and drinking wine and telling a story uh, that was so close to my heart. But today we have the great pleasure of introducing a very special guest. Her name is Linda Kroll. And she is a therapist, mediator, attorney, and author of Compassionate Mediation for Relationships at a Crossroads. How to add passion to your marriage or compassion. She is also a Chopra certified master teacher in mediation, yoga, and Ayurveda. And she is a Reiki level two teacher. She has counseled thousands of women and men as they added more peace, love, and joy to their lives with compassionate communication. Linda believes love is the answer, but it starts with loving yourself. She's the founder of Compassionate Communication Academy and has counseled thousands of individuals and couples to heal and transform their relationships. Linda, are you on the other line? Welcome to the show. I am. Thank you so much for having me, Petra. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, welcome. I'm, I'm, I was so excited to interview you today. I have a, a few friends in this world who uh, work in this uh, particular subject, and that you just mentioned to me uh, about uh, compassionate mediation doesn't really just relate to divorces and things we, the mind wants to jump to right away. It is really an all-encompassing subject. And I, I am so happy that you're here today and sharing uh, how you, first of all, how you discovered this and what your journey in life was and how you came to the Chopra Center, which is, I think there's only 400 certified master teachers. So you're one of the people that went through that entire program. So that's really fascinating to me. Thank you. Hello, uh, where would you like me to start? <laughs> where, wherever, wherever you would like to start, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I would love well, to hear I'll how you found out. Go ahead. I'll give you the Reader's, I'll give you the reader's Digest version. 
Um, I come from a very loving, wonderful family. And uh, unfortunately, my father, who is no longer with us, but is was a wonderful, loving man, also was manic depressive. So there was a lot of yelling that went on in my house. And I learned as a child that anger wasn't safe, my own anger and uh, anyone else's anger. So I grew up and being pleasing and nice and sweet was my modus operandi. And I was very blessed to fall in love and marry my college sweetheart, who, with whom we had two wonderful children. And right after um, graduating, I, I was infertile for a while. So I went to law school and I became an attorney. And then I was fortunate enough to get pregnant and stayed home for 18 years, gratefully to raise my children. But then when my own marriage was headed for divorce, uh, which was devastating on many levels, I looked into becoming a mediator. So I became a mediator and then decided that uh, mediating your own divorce, I often say, is like delivering your own baby. It may be possible, Mm. but it's not optimal. So um, Mm. we went through mediation and we eventually ended our marriage. But I often say that uh, when I was sitting uh, in the courtroom next to my beloved soon-to-be ex-husband with the walls that we had put up and the defenses that we had uh, felt and the role our attorneys had played and the, the conflict it had caused within our family, I just knew there had to be a better way. So mm. I went back to school and I became a therapist. And I studied with the wonderful Dick Schwartz and I studied internal family systems. And we talk in an IFS about having a healthy self. And when we're in self, we're calm, we're clear, we're compassionate. We're a lot of other C words that resonated with me that this is how I wanted to be, not only in my personal life, but also teach it to my individual clients, couples clients, and even my mediation clients. So mm-hmm. that became the beginning of compassionate mediation because what the book is is an opportunity to um, add passion to your marriage or compassion to your divorce. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. So mm-hmm. once I became a therapist, I then also had to answer the question about how I got to the Chopra Center. I live out in, outside of Chicago, and David G. Deepak Chopra and David Simon came to Chicago. And the energy with which I was living my life, that kind of, da 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 get it all done, yada yada da I knew I had to start calming my mind. So I went down for a weekend with my 85-year-old mother and my 30-year-old daughter, and we all did yoga and meditated. And I fell so much in love with the teachings that I then went through all of the programs to become certified. So that's the long answer to the short question. <laughs> well, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're living in uh, like when we speak. When you speak about communication, I mean, you see it on the news how it's literally a communication breakdown. You know, we're living in a world uh, where even our government doesn't communicate very well, right? And it's uh, it's it's the key to our peace is to find compassionate communication. So I just I just love that subject and I concur on my life too my parents you know there was a lot of arguing going on and and I always like you tiptoed and kept was a sweet little girl that kept the peace for everybody and I was always the mediator to keep it all in balance and that's what children often do or they they 
just run away. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, this is this is this is a, a, a an important subject. And so you have uh, thousands of students and have taught this for a long time. So when we when you speak of compassionate relationships, like what do you do when you get people in a room? that are in a, in a not-so-optimal divorce situation? How do, you, how do you approach that when someone's so angry and so shut down? Um, the first thing I want to share with you is my framework for what compassionate communication is because it may help in how I look at the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm talking about compassionate communication, I'm talking about relating from our highest self, letting go of limiting beliefs, unburdening pain from the heart, from the past, and then relating from our heart. And mm-hmm. in IFS, and I'll just do a very brief introduction because it will make sense. Um, when we're talking about self, uh, you can use any word you want. Um, your true self, your higher self, your connection to God, your connection to the divine, your connection to your inner wise self, inner pilot light, uh, Buddha nature, whatever connection has you feel calm and compassionate, I'm calling self. And we're not in self very much, right, Petra? I mean, it, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all were? So we're not in self all <laughs> yeah. the time, right? Instead, we're in parts. And in IFS, we divide those parts into different categories, the parts we exile or push aside, the, way we, the parts we manage with or show the world, and the parts that we um, either firefight or get extreme for, when we can't contain our emotions. So for instance, when I was a little girl, um, I, if I felt sad or scared or hurt, um, I didn't want to feel that, so I pushed that aside. And I even exiled my anger too. So it was hard to get in touch with setting boundaries and being clear on what I wanted and needed. But the exiles are the what about me, those inner child parts of who's going to love and care for me with the way I need and instead, we go out and we manage with the second set of parts. And we manage by being nice or pleasing or caretaking. Some people are managed by being hardworking or judgmental or stoic. There's all different ways people manage. But what many people put on is what I call a pseudo-self, where we look like we're calm and compassionate, but underneath we have all these feelings that we aren't expressing. So then what happens is we get extreme in our behaviors. We do something to numb us. And many people get addicted to things, drugs, alcohol, exercise, shopping. People can get a wall around their heart. They can get enraged, depressed, go have an affair. So there's different ways to get extreme. So, again, we've got this self, this inner wise, calm, compassionate presence. But we've exiled feelings that we didn't want to express. We manage in the way we show the world from our egos or the way we've taught or believe we had to be. And when we can't contain those exiled feelings, we do extreme things. And that brings people into my office because mm-hmm. that's when they're most extreme. They've got the pain underneath. They've, they've tried to be nice. They've tried to work hard. They've tried to do their roles. And they're suffering. So what I see mm-hmm. often is the angry part or the withholding uh, part, withdrawn part. But underneath, I'm looking at two inner children who haven't gotten their needs met. And mm-hmm. I just kind mm-hmm. of channel, I'm a listener. 
Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you laughing at? That? <laughs> I was laughing because I thought, oh, my God, I would like all the politicians to take that class with you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, actually, I, I just did a Facebook Live series. It's up on my website. And I explain mm-hmm. what compassionate communication and relationships and mediation is. But basically, I said that it is a process that be taught, should be taught on the at school. It should be taught in boardrooms. It should be taught in politics. It should be taught everywhere because mm-hmm. it's really what, you know, it's not, it's built on the system of many other shoulders of people who say the same thing, but it's really, how do we channel in? How do we be that channel of love and beacon of light that we all are mm-hmm. um, at our essence mm-hmm. and bring that energy mm-hmm. into a relationship? You know, I had so a girlfriend when someone over comes, yesterday... Yes, I had I had a girlfriend over yesterday who um, grew up with a very uh, volatile mother, passive aggressive behavior, and her father also was quite passive aggressive, but uh, more demonstrative in his expression. And so her whole life, she's now fifty two, but her whole life she's tiptoed around her relationships with men, and she's now in a relationship with someone who listens and who is calm and who is you know. Uh, allowing her to really express herself. And so as a result of that, this is really interesting how these ripple effects take place. One of her, her sons is, is 17. Her, her other children are younger. But this particular son, he's very sensitive. He's like an empath. And he um, was, he's, he's expressing himself with such detail with his feelings that it is really changing her. I'm literally watching her uh, transform in front of my eyes her, you know, her her behavior or her approach to relationship, it, even with me personally, has changed where she's more expressive. So I, I, I get completely what you say, how important it is to really get to the anger and get to the core and get to all of those paradigms and beliefs that we had, you know, set when we were really little. So, and they sure like to like to anchor into our bodies and into our into our emotional body system, so we can't move forward effectively. So this is a this is extraordinary work. So thank, thank you for you. for expressing thank that. Thank you for asking. Let me just give and the other uh, Go ahead, go ahead, Linda. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. So I want to share with the listener right now, if you're on the line and you just joined us, I'm interviewing Linda Kroll from Chicago, who is a therapist, mediator, attorney, and author of Compassionate Mediation for Relationships. At a crossroad, she's also a Chopra certified master teacher in mediation, yoga, and Ayurvedic medicine. So uh, we, her website is www.lindacroll.com, or you can also go to compassionatemediationtraining.com. And Linda, uh, what about, uh, how do you, when you talk about self-care, how, do, how does one practice exquisite self-care? Can you speak on that a little bit? Yes, Absolutely. Um, and what I'm learning <clears throat> is that if we don't walk our talk, all that talk is for naught, actually. Um, and what that mm-hmm. means is for 25 years, I have taught this process. And it's also um, master teacher of meditation. You said mediation. And the reason I wanted to 
um, remind people is it's the meditation part, not the mediation part that I want to invite you all to try. Because one of the ways to connect and take care of ourselves is to really meditate. And the reason meditation is so helpful is because we have 60,000 thoughts a day. Most of them have uh, either related to what has come before or what might happen in the future. So we're never really fully present. So when we meditate, we, we allow ourselves to just be present without listening to the, the noise that our mind is making. So even if we meditate a couple minutes in the morning, I mean, we talk about 30 minutes or 20 minutes, but even just allowing yourself to practice being still is, wonderful for self-care. I often tell people that just taking a breath, just a conscious breath. In fact, right now, if we all just inhale into our bellies, so our bellies expand and hold for a second and then release. And then again, inhale, belly goes out. So you inhale all the way down to your abdomen and release. And what that does is actually oxygenate and send love to all of the parts of us that get triggered in a relationship. Says something that makes us feel vulnerable like we did as a child, our body tenses, we armor, we get defensive. And just taking a breath allows more self to be present. A third way to take care of yourself is to be grateful. And at any time, gratitude will take you back to the present moment. And another way is just to learn a little bit more about the parts that you have and help them unburden the pain from the past. And when I talk about unburdening the pain, and you mentioned family of origin, there's a cartoon that uh, I had made that shows one person, you've got to picture this, it's a conference room, and there's a speaker at the podium, and there's only one person in the audience. And on the banner behind, it says, Convention of Children from Functional Families. <laughs> There's only one person in the audience because we all come from some dysfunction. Even if our family seems perfect, uh, the implied message is we have to be perfect, and of course we can't be, so there's that pressure. So if we realize our parents and guardians did the best they knew how to do, considering their level of awareness at the time, we learn how to be our own mother and father, and give ourselves the mm -hmm. attention, affection, appreciation, and acceptance we need. And that's true mm -hmm. self-care, is really filling up with mm -hmm. self-love. So, Linda, you have uh, webinars and online programs that people can uh, sign up for. And uh, so uh, do, you have, do you have them already booked out for this year, or how do people They're sign up for the, for the webinars? Thank you so much for asking, Petra. They're, uh, they're all in various stages of readiness to come out soon. There'll be a, and if you go to my website, there are portals in depending on what your interests are. So if you're just learning about compassionate communication, there's a free ebook about believing in yourself with an audio. If you're looking to make more compassionate relationships, there's a love notes ebook. If you're looking at mm -hmm. what compassionate mediation is, there's a free chapter so you can download and understand more about it. And then if you're considering a divorce, there's an audio on what you need to know if you're thinking of divorce. And another option is I'm looking for heart-centered therapists, mediators, attorneys, coaches, clergy, anyone interested in learning this process 
to offer it to the world. So I'd like to train other people to teach what I've taught and shared. Well, that's very exciting. And I'm reading here on the description that I received the self-led divorce. And and so can you, can you speak on that a little bit? Self-led. Yes. And and what what compassionate mediation is? Um, is a process, and that was the first book I wrote, even though it wasn't the only thing that I do. But I found that people that are unsure of whether they want to stay or go are often in more pain than the people who are either leaving or grieving from a relationship. But that indecision really leaves them feeling stuck. So the process of compassionate mediation, which leads, which is part of the process of doing a self-led divorce, because it's not a do-it-yourself self-led. It's a higher self-led. So it's part of learning compassionate communication, feeling what being in self feels like, learning the miracle of empathy, where you learn how to really hear what your partner's saying, even if they're not showing it to you, you hear the pain and sadness and fear underneath, where you understand and where you give empathy. And when you're relaying your feelings, you, you use I messages instead of you messages which allows the, your partner to hear you without feeling judged. Um, and then you also practice the five steps to get what you want and need, which is to know what they are, know you deserve it, know how to ask, be willing to receive and stay grateful. And then with compassionate mediation, you take a look at what you would need to talk about if you got divorced. So you talk about your property and what you own and what you owe, you talk about your parenting style. You talk about what would happen if you did get a divorce or separate. But what you're doing now is you're talking about it with compassion, with clarity, with confidence, with courage, with a sense of connectedness, with a creativity that comes from coming from your higher self instead of coming from your reactive fight, flight, or freeze parts. So mm-hmm. if your eventual decision is, we came together for a reason. We've had uh, some wonderful times. Sometimes we've, if we have children, that's certainly the reason we came together. But if we are going to get divorced, let's do it from our highest self. Let's think about mm-hmm. the benefit for all concerned. Let's protect our children from the shrapnel of our parts warring with each other. Let's invite our attorneys to do the same And I actually created for my own divorce a settlement prayer and a settlement intention that are on my blog. And it basically says, even though we have parts that are hurting and feeling retributive or angry or sad or scared, that let's remember the love that we first had and have shared and hope to continue in whatever form we have afterwards. And that's what a Mm self-led divorce does. That's beautiful. And of course, the, the subject of gratitude within all that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I know of a group of people right now where someone just passed away and there was a lot of riff in the family for many, many years because there was a lot of money involved. You know, that's a typical thing around, uh, you know, we want more than, than we can give, that sort of situation. And so, you know, when uh, when I when I see families like that that are so torn apart and in so much pain, I just want to bring them together and say, you know, let's practice some gratitude. Let's remember what we can be grateful for right now, and what 
really our life is short here on this earth. We're only here for 80 to 100 years if we're lucky. And so what are we, what are we fighting about? And most people, once they go deep into that, they don't even know what they're fighting about. <laughs> you know, right. That whole story right. goes away. So our member, memories uh, tend to be very short when it comes to the goodness in our lives and very long when it comes to, you know, the, the stuff that we want to be fighting for right now. So it's, just, it's sort of having to transplant the onion, like my spiritual teacher used to call it, of realizing and again going into the breath like you mentioned you said earlier and practiced with us and meditation is a big part of that of really centering the self and so I love I love that you are teaching this to other people as well Linda that's exciting I might have to come and take your class so oh I'd love for you to <laughs> I'd be honored mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can share it with all of your people because I see us all as angels and guides. I really do. I think we're all angels and guides for each other. And to the extent that we're channels of love and beacons of light, um, you know, and Reiki helps us keep our channel open and clear. But even for someone that doesn't, hasn't heard of Reiki, just remembering that you were born this light, you came into being innocent, pure, chaste, and maybe things happened that covered your light from your parents or your siblings or your peers, but when you unburden the burdens that you've carried, um, you're still that light. And remembering that and seeing the light in another is a gift um, that you pass, pay forward because we're all that light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Seeing the light in others. Or, uh, and the four magic... Say, if, you could, if you could only see the way that I see you you would fall in yes. love with yourself. Mm. Exactly. And the whole namaste, mm-hmm. the light in me sees the divine light in you. And I often say mm-hmm. that uh, four of the most magical words people could use are um, thank you and I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And the Hawaiian. And, and that's the, oh. the, the whole pono pono idea. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I, thank you. I'm glad you said that. I would always have trouble with that word. <laughs> But, <laughs> well, I just did a class on that the other day. It's so funny you mentioned that because I just mm-hmm. wrote I, I wrote a book called The Seven Insights, and in the very first chapter of this particular webinar book, it's a workbook. Uh, we're going to do a TV show on this, and on the 31st of March, and it it talks about the seven insights. And one of the big parts of this book is whole pono pono and how to practice it, and how by repeating this like a mantra, forgive me, or I thank you, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you, or in whatever sequence you want to say this, if you right. repeat that over and over, it really changes the vibration within yourself, no matter how upset you are in the moment. And it's not asking forgiveness externally, it's just really releasing that bondage to whatever that thing is that we make up in our minds that we think is real, when it's actually just an illusion. So absolutely. did I say that right? And if you, I'm not sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautifully put. And if you, what I often Thank ask you. people to do is put, is put their hand on their heart and say it to themselves mm-hmm. to really forgive themselves for perceived uh, slights or embarrassments or regrets or guilt or shame and really send that love back to themselves and be grateful for all the way their parts have protected them. Because they, too, each person, we're doing the best we can. 
based on our level mm-hmm. of awareness. And the more awareness we get, the more we tap into that unconditioned self, that soul, that peace within, Mm -hmm. uh, the more aware we are, and we carry that forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you're familiar, Linda, with uh, Byron Katie's work, the works. I love Byron Katie's work. I put that on my board all the time because in terms of letting Mm -hmm. go of limiting beliefs, one of the ways to do that is to actually dialogue with the parts of you that are protective or are defensive or do carry judgments. And there's a IFS does a great job with that. And the other thing is, as you mentioned, Byron Katie, who has us ask four questions when we have a thought and the thought can be about ourselves. It can be about someone else, but it is who, uh, is it true? Whatever your thought is, are you a hundred percent sure it's true? How do you feel when you think that thought and how do you feel when you let that thought go? and then do a turnaround mm-hmm. and come up with a better thought. And I love Byron mm-hmm. Katie's work. She's one of my well, I'm, uh, I, I, guiding I, lights. I, I do too. We definitely have that in common. <laughs> so she is a, she's an extraordinary woman. And her story was so so amazing, wasn't it? I mean, her, yes. her background was so, so uncanny. I mean, she was she was quite depressed, and she just couldn't. Uh, you know, she wasn't sure if she wanted to be here anymore when, when literally she had this download of this information in, in, the, in the most uh, desperate moment of her life with such filled with despair and grief and sorrow. And then this came through for her. So this is a, for any of the listeners right now, if you want to check that out, you can go to Amazon and uh, search for Byron Katie and it's called The Works. But we are interviewing Linda Kroll, Mediation for Relationships at a Crossroads. She wrote uh, an amazing book and does classes and webinars, Self-Led Divorce and Compassionate Mediation. Uh, the website is Linda Kroll, K-R-O-L-L.com and CompassionateMediationTraining.com. So when is your next uh, class or or webinar coming up, Linda? Do you have any uh, dates set for that yet? Uh, Within the next, uh, they're going to roll out in different times within the next couple months. Um, And actually, if if anyone wants to go to lindacroll.com, Facebook-Live, Facebook-Live, that has uh, the the, uh, the Facebook Lives I did last week that explain compassionate communication, relationships, mediation, self-led divorce, and the training. And there's a free gift on the page for each per- for any one of those videos. And then you'll be in my database so that when the courses start, I can let you know. So if you go to lindacroll.com slash Facebook dash live, you'll see the videos, get the gifts, and then be on my mailing list. And I can let you know because I would love to share what I've learned in 25 years. And I've studied with masters. I've, I've had the benefit of such guidance that I'd like to funnel it to all of you and let you then take it and offer it to wherever you are so together we can illuminate the world. That's my hope. Exactly, exactly. So I wrote that website down, so I'll post it on the Facebook page with the recorded uh, program from today in case somebody missed it or, you know, I'll, I'll usually put that on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and LinkedIn. I put it everywhere. So you can't miss it, lindacrow.com forward slash Facebook dash live. 
I'll have the posting for you available. So, Thank um, you, Katya. <laughs> you're welcome. So how is your life, how did your life evolve as you were evolving into all of this? I mean, for many of the people, a lot of my students, my Reiki students and my emotional energy students, you know, they say sometimes to me, I'm evolving, but nobody in my family wants to do the work. How do we, <laughs> how, what do you say to people that are going through that? Because that often happens where one person in the family decides, you know what, I don't want to live in this unconscious field anymore. I want to I wake up. I want to meditate. I want to do yoga. I want to do Ayurveda. I want to do all these things and grow to my highest potential. I want to reach my highest potential in this world, and nobody else in your family wants to go along. In fact, they're resisting. So, so what do you say to people like that? Welcome to my world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, what I mean is I think for those of us who have some spiritual uh, connection, who are comfortable with this language, um, more often than not, um, have families that think we're too woo or too out there or too too much. Um, I created a Facebook page that I'd also love for you to, to put up, if you would, Heart-Centered Connections on Facebook. And there's a 1,000 people okay. there. And it's a community of people who are interested in having this dialogue, who uh, are like-hearted, who want to connect on a deeper level than just making chit-chat. Not that that's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. So um, my children think I'm a little weird, but they love me. My family, you know, loves me, but doesn't want to read or come to anything that I do, which is perfect because they're not the people I'm trying to reach. The people I'm trying to reach are the people that resonate on the same level, not a higher level or lower level. It's just a, a system of connection that brings in synchronicity and brings in higher self and brings in trust and faith and hope and possibility and has a dialogue around it that our families may not be ready to have, and we love them anyway. We love them anyway. I have a great story Mm -hmm. about that (coughs) that I'll share. Um, I did the Love Summit several years ago, and it was a great professional opportunity to talk to 20 of my mentors and share their wisdom on uh, passion, connection, and fun and adding that to your life. And after that was over, um, none of my family listened, which was fine. I knew they wouldn't. But three weeks later, I got cancer, and I'm fine from it. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because it was a miracle. I, I had colon cancer, and they removed a third of my colon. And a month later, when I learned I didn't have to have Um, chemo or radiation, how blessed I was, I talked to one of my cousins and shared with her the good news. And she said, and I quote, she said, oh, Linda, that makes me so happy. She said, that could almost make me believe all that shit that you believe. (laughs) So I quote, (laughs) (laughs) I quote her (laughs) because that's what, you know, that's what your family can believe about what you believe but it doesn't matter because we know what we know and it's okay. And we can bless them and love them for where they are and not judge and not think of ourselves as holier than thou because we have a little more uh, different perspective. But 
um, we recognize that there are other people in the world with whom we can connect. And when we're more self-led, when we're more conscious, when we're more uh, in our attuned to our higher self, we're going to find other people that are attracted to that and resonate to that. And they just start coming into our lives. So, so don't focus on what your family isn't doing or doesn't understand, just love them and be who you are fully. And then you'll find other people doing the same thing. That would be my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, my, my son is a very practical, pragmatic person and he thinks this is all woo woo and, you know, but, but we have a good understanding, but once in a while he comes around and he says, you know, what was that one thing you were saying the other day? <laughs> that <mantra>. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, eventually it always wraps up somewhere. Exactly. I have three oh, I grandchildren. It is wonderful mm-hmm. when they kind of come around. I've got three grandchildren who are uh, seven, nine, and ten, and I'm so blessed with them. But I find myself sometimes sneaking in some of this information that they can they can use. And they get it. Mm-hmm. They get it. I think mm-hmm. children sometimes mm-hmm. get it more than their parents because they haven't learned how how they want to per- be perceived in the world, and they don't have to put on their guard and manage themselves in a way that they can be perceived a certain way. So it's that mm-hmm. childlike wisdom that that we can attune ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. That is. Uh... And especially with with the younger generation, we have to repeat it. It's it's like uh, the story I was sharing with someone. I think it was on on one of the shows. We talked about diet and kids. You know, you say something over and over, like you have to eat greens and eat your salad, drink your smoothies, and they resist it and they resist it. But if we keep continue, if we if we continue to mention it and to correct it in the way that they eat, then eventually it 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 uh, becomes a reality for them. My son resisted uh, at age 13. He was um, uh, quite defiant about food we were eating in our family because he wasn't allowed sugar until he was, you know, able to sneak it in somehow. <laughs> so, but now he's 25, and when I come to the house, he reads the labels of everything I bring in and reprimands me. I'm now the child, and he's the parent now. So when he comes to that's food, funny. <laughs> that's and it's funny. the same with the with with the words that we use with with the yes. with our spiritual messages. Uh, I still have uh, friends of my sons that used to come over, and that their nickname for me was Yoda because I have a little bit of an accent, and so they called me Yoda. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> and, great. Uh, and they still, you know, it's 10 years later or, or 15 years later or whatever, and the kids come into the house uh, saying, how is life now for you, Yoda? You know, you really rubbed off oh, that's some great. of your messages, you know. So I, I, I love uh, that we have a chance to influence, especially the younger generation. And, and you know, yeah. they're, they're really needing more guidance and uh and more love because this is a world that children are living and growing up in that is very volatile. This is a a, a very, uh, you know, serious situation that our planet is in. You know, but today I was reading about the coral reefs dying and our water supplies in danger. And, 
you know, and then we have all these storms and earthquakes and, and some people want to not believe that there is such a thing as global warming. <laughs> and uh, I am, you know, how do you, how do you relate that to your kids? Uh, speaking to them about the future that they are going to have to face. Uh, you mentioned children. I have uh, two beautiful, wonderful daughters. Uh, one's 40 and the other one's 37. And uh, what we talk about is being in self. And when we're in self, we are more aware of both our feelings, the feelings of others, and the whole world on some level. Um, when, when we talk about being in self, uh, we've done it their whole lives. And we've learned to talk about a part of us a part that's angry or a part that's scared or a part that's confused or uh, a part that uh, is paying attention to the world and is a little scared. And when you talk about a part of you, you bond with the other person who can relate to the part without thinking that's all of who you are. And I think that Mm -hmm. might be helpful in today's political world because even though we're, we're bifurcated, unfortunately, in the United States right now politically, if we recognize that a part of someone voted a different way, we don't have to uh, turn our backs on that person because the wholeness of that person is still good and light, no matter what their choice was. And we can always start over. My, my, we can always reboot with a, with a breath, with uh, a thank you, with a prayer. So my children and I would sometimes be in the middle of a heated argument and all of our parts are flailing. I'm upset. They're upset. We're doing whatever we do as teenage mothers of teenage girls or whatever happened. And in the middle, even when they were little, they would sometimes come up to me crying and say, can we start over? And what it means <laughs> by starting over, exactly. What it means is can we take a breath? Can we go into our higher self? Can we meet up there and then continue this dialogue without all the mess we've created with all our parts flailing. So in Mm, every situation, mm -hmm. whether it's a relationship, a marriage, a country, we can always start over and reboot and renew from our highest self. Mm, That is beautifully, beautifully said, beautifully said. So I have a, a really interesting thing going on here right now. And and I'm uh, on Eda Cabana on the lake, and I had a workman just arrive that I, they're going to tear down uh, my little pathway fence, and they're going to make a lot of noise here in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so we're going to talk until the noise gets so loud, and we have to get off the line because it's not going to nobody's going to hear anything. Okay. <laughs> But I have drills going on and all kinds of things. So it's, uh, it, but I, I hope that uh, you as the listeners right now, uh, we might have a little background sound here of all kinds of hammer, hammering and, and, and drilling. So forgive us for that. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Linda, that was a, a beautifully shared and it's so true. Like if we could just over again, like regroup, and what if you could tap into your higher self where you're getting clear answers and you're out of this uh, uh, argument or this uh, this um, problem that you have with someone that isn't perhaps really what is truly the story and the communication might be breaking down, 
But people always have the choice to regroup and come back to square one, come back to their higher selves. And I, I, I loved what you uh, just shared about your grandkids. It's a, that's a really sweet story. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the other thing, too, you know, to quote a couple people, Rumi says, um, and this is the banner on Heart Center Connections, we're not just the drop in the ocean, we're the ocean in a drop. And um, mm. we're also spiritual beings having a human experience. And in our human experience, mm-hmm. we get triggered by things that happen in the moment that probably remind us of things that happened to us as a child. But in that triggering, we react in the fight, flight, or freeze mode. And when we take Mm -hmm. a breath, just one conscious breath, that belly breath I was talking about, and allow ourselves to look at the situation from a more responsive perspective, from what I'm calling the higher self, then that helicopter view of what's going on below, of all the parts that are triggered and the ways we're reacting, can really bring some peace into a situation. And if even one person is more in self, more calm, more compassionate, then the environment shifts. Because I often tell people with compassionate mediation, you can do it alone. Even if your partner doesn't buy into it or thinks it's woo-woo or doesn't ever want to read it or learn a premise about it, you can bring higher consciousness. You can bring more compassion, clarity, courage, confidence into the relationship And then it shifts because when you're in your Mm -hmm. higher self, you don't need to protect yourself with those walls that you build around your heart. You can take off the filters through which you've been judging another person or the world and you can see more clearly. And you could also see that you have the ability to set boundaries. So you don't need Mm -hmm. your defensive reactions. You can actually say no, ask for what you need, leave calmly if you don't get it but it makes a whole different mm-hmm. dialogue that allows for healing. Mm-hmm. I like to say that compassionate mm-hmm. mediation and self-led divorce are changing the face of divorce one heart at a time. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what's, what's next for you? Thank you for asking. There's actually... So much downloading, and part of it is because I'm, I'm really walking my talk lately, meaning I've been talking about love is the answer, but it starts with loving yourself. And for a long time now, I've been trying to manifest all that I've got in my heart out into the world, but I've been doing it with such an energy of that William Tell overture, let me just get it done and then I'll rest. And Mm-hmm. I finally decided a couple weeks ago when I was supposed to have uh, a burn on my face to prevent more skin cancer, um, I realized the reason I agreed to it was because I wanted 10 days to myself and not have to take care of anybody. And then I wrote a journal entry that says how I decided not to burn off my face but to face my feelings. So I started wow. my own journal. Mm-hmm. Started my own journal. And in my journal, Mm -hmm. I really gave myself permission to take a look at um, my habits uh, to to write. In fact, I wrote it in different fonts. So I've got green font and blue font and different fonts so that I can look at the journal and see where did I meditate? Did I do yoga? What was my prayer? Did I write myself an inner wife self love note? What are my habits? Um, And Even in the willingness to make myself the priority, what happened is that within two weeks, 
this is just two weeks ago Friday, I decided to do Facebook Live, which I've never done before. I just jumped into the deep end. I'm talking to you. I have several other opportunities coming up for talking. And the courses that I have in various stages of development are ready to launch. And it starts with loving myself first. So the invitation Mm -hmm. to all of your listeners is instead of thinking what's on your to-do list or what you should do or what needs to get done, if you really focus on doing something for yourself each day and really being mindful of it, what you're going to do is Mm -hmm. allow the channel that you are to open and you're going to receive the guidance that you're divinely is on its way to you. So what I started to do besides the Facebook Live is uh, I started three days ago to give heart-centered tips live. And the Mm. first one was to ask yourself, what can you receive? With the idea that Mm. we're always giving and even receiving a deep breath and being conscious of receiving allows that channel to open. The second day is is what can you release? Mm Thank you. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I sit down, I turn my computer on because I've learned how to do this finally. Turn my computer, go live, and just offer what's downloading. So it gets out of the way of what am I going to say and how am I going to be perceived and what's my family going to think. It's just kind of, okay, it's coming in. I'm going to offer it out. The first day was release. The second, the receive. The second day was release. What can you release? And today's my third day. I'm going to go with flow. And what I'm realizing is with flow is to really allow ourselves to flow. We have to let go of a lot of stuff we don't need, thoughts, feelings, Mm -hmm. beliefs. And the way we let go of our feelings is to actually turn in the direction of our feelings and allow them to express. So if we journal, if we share it with someone, if we cry, if we roll up the car windows and scream, allowing that energy to leave so that you have room for something new to come in. That's what I'm inviting everybody to do, to really, because fear is the opposite of love. And fear is based on our thoughts, and our thoughts are based on our family of origin and our prior, prior living situations. But we can change our thoughts, we can unburden our pain, and we can truly be a channel of love and a beacon of light that we are. And in compassionate mediation, I believe families need not be broken, but can be peacefully and respectfully restructured. And I think every relationship can be restructured from the inside out by loving ourselves first and then filling up like Sark says. She's a full cup of love sharing her overflow with the world. So when we fill up on compassion, self-love, and self-care, we can offer that to everybody. And in the words of Wayne Dyer, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that brings us to the end of our show. And I sure feel we have been in the flow of things today, Linda. Yes, you and I. <laughs> Thank you. And you finished on a You finished on a quote that I often use as well. Because if we're looking at it from our parts, it's different when we look at it from our higher self. So I totally agree with Wayne and you just said. So I'm going to tune into your Facebook uh, live program today because I'd love to see you. And uh, I thank you so much for being on the show with us. Again, that's lindacrawl.com. 
CompassionateMediationTraining.com. Please tune in, and I'll post this now on Facebook so everybody can listen to the show from today. The uh, hammers and the drills are going out there really loud, and I better get off the line. So, Linda, well, have do, a fantastic wanna, day. I want to thank you, Petra, for all you're doing to uh, illuminate the world, and thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Much love to you. Have a wonderful day. Ciao, ciao. Love to you too, honey. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, Thank you. again, next Tuesday we will have uh, another wonderful guest. We're going to talk about astrology. Um, I am very excited. Um, at the moment I'm working on a new book called The Billionaire, which is going to be a uh, fiction book about a billionaire who passes and crosses over and meets his guide and then has to go through through life review where he develops compassion and grace and then begs his guide not to send him back to earth to be again a wealthy person but to rather be born in Calcutta as a beggar so that he would not be trapped by his power his misguided power, but he comes back and he becomes a famous rock star when suddenly his guide shows up on his 25th birthday and brings him the lessons of what it would take for someone who has been given so much to move forward in life. And he will eventually then become a higher spiritual being and the lessons are little series of events that will take place in, in his life. The name of the character is Eli, and the guy's name is, of course, Michael. So I am very excited to be working on that book. And we have a new webinar that's coming up about the Seven Insights Quantum Transformation. Again, that will be posted on Facebook. If you're not a Facebook friend, please go to Patreon Nicole LLC to friend there or like the page because apparently my other page is full. I can't have any more friends, but you can go there. And the book with Jack Cancel will be released on the 5th of May, and there will be book signings in uh, Portland, Oregon, in Roseburg, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, and Ashland, Oregon. So tune in, and thank you again for supporting us. We love having you here, and have a glorious day. Arrivederci. Bye-bye.